Welcome back to Voices from the Valley, where we meet and learn from the movers and the shakers in and around the Merrimack Valley. I am your host, John Bachman, and with me, as always, is our other host, Ben Talberg. Hey, John. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, buddy. Got over here safe and sound. Yes, <laughs> so that's, that's could be a good worse. thing. Yes. Uh, I'd you have may... to call you on a claim or anything. So good. let's not talk about those claims, okay? Claims do not happen with my clients. We yeah. don't need them. Okay. So um, one thing I think you've been learning a little bit since we started this podcast mm-hmm. is the power of social media. Ah, uh, yes. And you're an expert on it, right? Not at all. <laughs> but you're learning. Yeah, you're learning. I having a business, um, I know that it's valuable but it takes time and it takes effort and you have to put up with the negativity of mm. social media, but also you got to be out there and you got to put your brand out there a lot. And I just, I don't have the time to do it. Yeah. So, and I'll tell you, it's so important. And I think we're going to learn why it's so important from the guy we have with us today, because today we have with us, Jerry Schiavone, who is the founder of five point strategy, as well as Merrimack Valley eats, but more important than being a founder. He's the dad to three amazing young men, and he's the partner to Chelsea. So I am, yeah. Jerry, how are you doing this morning? Uh, good, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. I think it would be illegal if I was doing any better, to be honest. Yeah, you're very enthusiastic in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. It's tough to compete. So I've been up. It? I was going to say 9 a.m.? This is impressive. Well, I've been up for hours now. This is, the day's almost over Yeah, now. what time do you get up? Uh, it depends. Anytime between four and six, wow. depending on how well I wake up that mm-hmm. morning. Mm-hmm. So. Do you meditate straight away? Or? No. I haven't meditated in a while. I need to get back to that. No shit. I need to, <laughs> I need to get back into that headspace. <laughs> but it is not about me and my happiness bright and early in the morning. This is all about Jerry today. So Jerry, for those of you who don't know you, why don't you bring us back Reader's Digest of how you got started in your journey towards Five Point and Merrimack Valley Eats. Sure, yeah. Uh, so it's kind of a funny story. So I'll say it started about 2017. I was just like a, let's say, I think at that point I was like 26, 27, just kind of an idiot on the internet. It, I use that term. I don't use that term lightly. And it's just like me posting dumb stuff and, you know, the random town forums. And I feel like one night it just sort of clicked that I didn't want to just be making memes on the internet. And I felt like I had a passion for writing and also sort of building community arounding around that. Mm-hmm. And so it, it went from me just posting like Haverhill, Newberry, whatever forums that were around. And then, you know, they made me a moderator of one of them, a larger one. And I tried to get people to almost converse better. I said, like, the discourse in here is really toxic. And my goal was to say, hey, like we can have hard conversations about what's happening in the city uh, better. And nobody liked that, which was fine. (laughs) As the Internet goes, uh, people don't want to, you know, be empathetic or learn a new idea. They just want to solidify themselves in whatever it is. So then I was uh, friends with a restaurant owner. Not to cut you off, because I I feel like we're going to go down a great path there. Sure. But 2017, set the stage for me. Were you in college? You graduated at that point? Um, What was I doing in 2017? Um, I believe I was working in IT at the time. Okay. Okay. So it was just, I was just in the technological field. I think I was doing like help desk, 
Um, I already had a, a grasp on how tech worked. Hmm. Um, the transition to social media was a little bit harder because that was a huge learning curve. But I was just really just an IT guy. IT us. guy, but in those forums doing yeah. doing your thing. Making memes and then either cracking jokes or whatever. And then I slowly moved towards taking a more serious role because it, it took like an argument with a guy. I don't I want to like age drop or name drop him, but I was like arguing with this guy and I I, I tell the story like I had this nightmare that I would just wake up and I was like forty five <laughs> and I would just be doing nothing on the internet and just arguing with people in a meaningless forum and i was like this is not i woke up at like 2 30 a.m i remember Cold responding sweats. to it and i was like hey man i was like i don't know you you don't know me i was like i'm not doing this i was like i responded and i was like i don't want to be a middle-aged guy arguing insignificantly on the internet and i remember him his response he's like you really think I'm that old? And I was like, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> and that was it. And I was like, so what, what um, spot were you guys conversing? What was this? It was site? like, um, it was a Haverhill forum. Oh, okay. um, it, it was, it was really politically charged more likely not to go down that road, but it was mm. like, you know, those typical forums where like everybody's bickering about town, whatever. Yeah. Every town, every has town a, has, has them. And it's crazy. They're all turn out the same. All roads lead to the same thing. But you know what? They all get started with the right intent right, yeah. of, hey, I need this service, so this is a place where I'm going to go. Or, But then it's attack. The, attack. Attack. Right, attack. It turns into the worst thing in the world. It's yeah. the nature of forums in that way. Yeah. And I think, you know, looking at it in the context of, like, how Merrimack Valley Eats works, it's the same thing. I mean, the only reason it's not the exact same thing is because we work really hard at making it not like that, yeah. which is work. And mostly people want to put it on autopilot. You know, you start getting 50,000, 60,000 people in. You could just let it go. And Facebook will do some of the work for you. The really bad stuff will get removed, but your group will get removed. Yeah. So that was sort of where I started. I just yeah, so I cut you off there. Yeah, yeah, you, you were talking there. about being friends with uh, a restaurateur. Yeah, right. He yeah. was. And, you know, there was no... There was similar food like groups in the Merrimack Valley, not in the Merrimack Valley, like just generally in Massachusetts, but there wasn't anything for like the geographical region of the Merrimack Valley. And uh, my wife at the time uh, and I, we started it. We just, we were like, let's do this or let's try it. And it really was kind of like a joke. It was like just us and our friends. We talked about food. There's maybe like a hundred people. And then they started inviting people and it got to like a thousand and then got to maybe like four or five. And then it just like was insane. It just added hand over fist to people. So what was the original thought? The original. We wanted to like talk about food, but it was really like um, it was really like what we would try, you know, talking about what our favorite thing is, asking about things. But it had no. Re- it, and as all groups start, it had no reach. So it's just like our friends. So we'd post our meal. We'd say, hey, check this out. Very small. We could have never envisioned it growing so fast or being as popular as it was because i think it took a maybe a year or two to get to five thousand, and then the journey from five to 60 has only taken another two years wow so you've got yeah. sixty thousand 
is it members? What members, are they? yeah. Members? members. I, to be honest with you, I haven't seen it. I don't know anything yeah, about it. Yeah, that's okay. It. No worries. Yeah, I'll, so, I'll, I'll so go through <laughs> it, fine. though. I'd rather that, honestly. That's fine. Yeah, teach me. Uh, I mean, I've seen, so I'm originally from Amesbury. I have a business in Amesbury, yeah. and I know there's Amesbury Talks. And right. they have small, um, you know, like there's a pothole on High Street. Right. What are we doing about it? And everybody criticizes the pothole. So right. is this like, there's a restaurant that's opening up in Haverhill. Right. And it's called Susie Q's and they yeah. suck. And you come in and say something or, um, it's, or it's more positive. It's we, I like to, I like the positivity truthfully, but I think I allow, you know, criticism, warranted criticism and constructive criticism in it. I think people want to just blast somewhere mm-hmm. and we don't allow that. And I think it frustrates people because they go the free speech route and they're like, Oh, you're, but really we're building a community. Mm-hmm. I want it to be, if they're criticizing somewhere, totally fine. Um, some places do warrant it, but we want it to be constructive. So we want it to be like, hey, this is what happened. We really want them to be talking to somebody there before they post on the internet. Not a requirement, but it, it is kind of frustrating when you're like, dude, like you literally just taught, you literally like, we're like, yeah, my food's great. And then you ran here and said something not helpful because mm-hmm. um, a lot of restaurant owners just aren't good at that stuff. Um, and unless they have like marketing teams, which again is like a full-time role for just somebody like as an owner operator, it's really difficult to be like present as a brand on the internet. Um, and it's a huge internet. Yeah. So, you know, they're saying this, they're criticizing them. I try to like tag the place and be like, Hey, like I really like them or I'll tag the owner if I, if I know them, but it's a space where people can either uh, ask questions like, Hey, what's the best, sub or post their own food and be like, Hey, go check this place out. This is what I had and post pictures. It's very visual. Mm-hmm. It's did more you, visual than anything. Coffee shops, anything from anything. sub shops, uh, restaurants. Yeah. So we, it's specifically places to go to eat. We don't, there's it, it a weird line with like a place like butcher boy where it's like, mm. they do like they're a local business, but they're not really a restaurant, but they have some to go food. So we tried it. That's a little bit of a gray area, but it's really like restaurants, like either sit down or take out and things like that. So you can come in, you can ask, you know, what, you know, I see a lot of, uh, I'm having a get together, 25 people where can host us, or I need a catering company or something like that. Or, um, I post my own content or repost my own content in there. And, um, I say like, Hey, like I had rusty can the other day, shout out to them. Uh, Rusty can and I'm like hey these nachos are only on Thursdays they're really good go check them out Mm -hmm. so anybody can do it Uh, it, I like it because it doesn't uh, it does by nature of being an administrator put me at the center but anybody is equal to do anything in it it doesn't give me the opportunity to reach more or less necessarily Um, I think Facebook's algorithm technically as an admin I think I have more reach but you could go in tomorrow join post a beautiful picture of something and get uh, it reached 60 to a hundred thousand people. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think those records like 221, 221,000. Wow. Yeah. Who was that for? I think it was igloos at Tuscan kit, Tuscan market. Oh yeah. I think it was yeah. the igloo post. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. let's be honest. Are you walking into any of these places and getting free food? There have been times <laughs> there have been times where I went, oh, but I've, I usually say it in the post because um, I don't want to be disingenuous about it. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that if I'm posting about somewhere, it's like with intent. I usually use like words like I'm hosted there or something like that because there have been times I've gone 
like been invited in somewhere like and I'll, but I'll say like hey I was invited to check this place out and then just post about it like the phantom gourmet like they're, yeah they're yeah. basically bribing you to get onto that <laughs> right Facebook yeah group. they're like please please <laughs> um yeah kind of yeah I do uh I like, the, I like what the phantom gourmet does so but I want it to be a place where we weren't the people call it a review group and it's really not it's opinion based because mm. I'd argue there's probably like 20 people in the group out of the 60,000 that could objectively review food because people are looking through the lens of what they like, mm-hmm. what they, the textures that they enjoy. Like, do they really know if something's sous vide or fried? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Do they know what that means? I don't even know what the hell Unlikely. you just said. Either. Yeah. No, clue. right. <laughs> do they know what like consistency? I, I, I like the seafood argument because you know, scallops are really difficult to get perfect. But I think maybe the average person doesn't know whether it's a little over or undercooked. So, like, that's not objective. That's subjective. Mm-hmm. And I think people have a really hard time discerning that. So that's where the hard part of managing it comes in. Wow. Is that you're looking at somebody's subjective experience and other people are telling them no. But it's really, maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't like the food. Maybe it was, quote, unquote, disgusting to them. But it's because they didn't like the style or the flavor. Yeah. You know, one man's trash is sort of another man's treasure. Why can't I like something with blue cheese and somebody else hates it? You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And actually, on this subjective, objective part, you just said you like what the Andelmans are doing. On right. Phantom G- Gourmet. I'm going to rattle some cages right sure, now. Sure, yeah. It seems like every every restaurant they have on there right. that does extremely well, mm-hmm. a few minutes later after their segment, their com- commercial is posted. Right. So there's obviously some kind of advertising deal there. Right. It, it, which, it, to me, it does feel disingenuous. So what is it that you like about them? Is there anything that you don't like about what they're doing? So I think that it's hard to balance, I think, they're, the company side of what they do with like the community side. Because the, when they go to a restaurant at first, it's not a paid endeavor. Right. So like they right. went to like your place and ours. They scouted them. Mm-hmm. Then they went in. I think the expectation is maybe they'll advertise in the future as like recurring segments or stuff like that. They're also using their content to repost for their own, but they don't have to necessarily pay, right? 100%. But I think it is hard to do it. Aside from that, right? If So like say Fandom Gourmet goes in, covers a place, you know, they have to advertise. Yeah. So they're either using outside places or the restaurant themselves with whatever recurring segment it is. So I think it would be harder to balance it on that scale, like is how, what they do. So true. I just wanted to rattle some cases. Yeah, yeah, That's no, all. it's, it's uh, true. And and they do a lot of good for restaurants. Anyway. All the lobbying they do. Um, right. Uh, so kudos to them. Right, yeah. with them, the like the Mass Restaurant Association, it's like huge. Yeah. Plus, you know, like I said, I go back to the part where some restaurants aren't particularly good at managing that stuff. Mm. So to have an ally like that with a huge platform uh, to lobby sort of in... Um, not in spite of, I would guess, uh, for, yeah, <laughs> on behalf of, I guess would be the right word. Yeah. So let's talk about five point strategies. We're sure. talking about MV Eats quite yeah, a bit yeah. here, and, and obviously it, they're interwoven together, anyways. Right. Yeah. So that is no, there would be no five point strategies without it. I think what I saw was a need for community development within Merrimack Valley Eats, not because of food or like managing media like that. But I think there was a lot of people that out there that wanted to create things from their own kitchen uh, that they couldn't, right? Because mm-hmm. technically you can bake uh, per like 
depending on what city. You can bake things, but it can't be, I think, if it has to be refrigerated post-cooking, you can't sell it out of your home. It can only be baked goods. Interesting. And then then you can't make like a lemon meringue pie. has to be refrigerated. You can't do that. So there's like stipulations. Hmm. So they could do like, you know, they could make a regular pie or cupcakes. And a lot of people do set up their homes for that. Yes. uh, And get, um, and then get, um, what do you call it, licensed for it. But when it comes to beyond that, you can't cook out of your own kitchen commercially. Hmm. It's highly illegal. Yeah. So I think there was a need for people that wanted to do that. So I was able to, you know, partner with organizations like whether it was uh, different commercial kitchens around, sort of send them in that direction or even develop strategies for those people to get into that space. So, so exactly what is five point strategies? So I think right now we're having a little bit of an identity crisis. Okay. Um, I will say what my intention was to bring the people that wanted to either pitch their message out and connect with a larger audience. Uh, I thought at first that I was taking a more marketing role. Uh, turns out marketing has a lot more layers to it mm-hmm. than I thought. Cause I think it's easy to look at social media and say like, Oh, that's marketing. And it's, it's not, there's so much, um, I've learned over the past couple of years. That's not the case. Uh, what I did was I thought I'd be more of uh, community development. So I've partnered with municipalities, like Methuen, um, Haverhill, Merrimack Valley uh, Chamber as well to sort of um, bring messages of either their members or just the general community to um, to a larger audience. Like we did restaurant weeks in the past. We did it for Methuen uh, as well as North Andover. Uh, right now I'm working on Methuen again, but I'm hoping to get into different restaurant weeks just to sort of do development for those. So this is a strategy that a brand new, uh, somebody brand new to the food industry would come in and try to make a business out right. of what they're doing. Yep. And They'd come to you and you would develop the strategy. Right. That, that uh, simple. Yeah. Yeah. And right now I, I'd probably pass like the marketing and like almost the, the brand coordination to somebody else, mm-hmm. but you know, getting them from just the guy wanting to get into it and we could partner with different um different nonprofits there's a lot of nonprofits out there that sort of help with funding for that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and even with like training for like business development developing a business plan things like that so okay. you know getting them resources that they need to to sort of get ahead awesome. and then you know I, I i i have a hard time i think right now because i lean on the influencer part of it it's there's definitely a, a side of what i do that's like my own personal recognition it's like i've won cool things just for having a large audience uh and there's no doubt that you know i look at the analytics it's like almost ten thousand people alone in haverhill in merrimack valley eats amesbury is like six thousand which on in scale that's like a lot of people in amesbury because that's not a big community so it's like it's a lot of personal recognition no matter what i do and i think though what i'm looking to the future having a hard time with is breaking out of just being personally recognized and really getting into how I impact businesses because my goal is to connect these businesses with their community and starting with you know getting in getting licensed and then getting a a brand developed is sort of where I want to or aspire to be and I'm working on it. Well, Carbon. having that community to lean on, and, and Ben, you've brought it up before too, of like having that coaching group where you guys get together, you 
support each other, help mm-hmm. each other grow. And I think in the restaurant in- industry, it's so much more important because you always hear that stat of, what's it like 50% or 60% of restaurants close within the first year? Right. Is that what the number is? Or Yeah, I think it's higher. I, even I, higher. I believe wow. it's higher. That's crazy. Yeah. So, and a lot of the times when they're first starting out, they probably have nobody to lean on. Uh, right. So kudos to you to, to pull that together. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, like I said, it, it is hard to break out of the, you know, lean on me. This group is a massive audience to use. I'm trying to get it out of the, like the, oh, I have this many followers mindset. Cause I sort of always default to that mm-hmm. and really just like step away and be like, okay, like how do we help your brand? Who do we get you in contact with? You know, we have all these people at our disposal. Um, we can get you these free resources to, you know, develop a strategy and then potentially get funding and then learn about entrepreneurship and then do all those things. And then there are organizations that, you know, can find you a space and that can give you like non-traditional lending. Like there's a lot of partnerships in cities that just want to give them either grant money or non-traditional loans to like, it would really be high risk uh, that they, I mean, Haverhill, Haverhill Partnership Fund in particular is one that they give loans to people that may not get them from a traditional bank. Now, is that for restaurants specifically or any no, kind of business? It could be any kind of business. Yeah, it could be. I think they did um, G's when they needed some extra equipment. I believe there was a couple others they had on their website that were like testimonials to what they did. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. Like, you know, a yoga studio would be probably harder to to finance. Like a traditional bank would be like, eh, eh maybe that doesn't look yeah. quite good enough for us. <laughs> um, and I get it. You know, it's a bank. Yeah. But the, the, really, the community does need things that are not just, you know. Realtors and insurance people. Housing. Uh, Come on. We need more insurance people. Actually, we need less insurance people. We only need one. We only need one. We only need one. one. (laughs) Which one is that? Uh Is this your pitch? Is this where we pause for your pause? Go into the commercial. (laughs) Brought to you by. But it's like there was um, a gentleman downtown that developed the building that, um, that Battlegrounds is in. It's like he, you know, there was intention in finding a tenant for that. He could have just, you know, given it to, I think there's like a military recruiter down. There could be tenants there that don't do a ton of value for the community. Although, you know, you need those places. Why put them in a place that has like that public facing? Is that going to draw more people downtown? Right. You know, you could, and it might have been harder for, you know, a place to be like, ah, maybe this brand new business doesn't make so much sense where there's a little more risk. Uh, but I think there's a lot more reward in the long run, but it's a really a reward in community. And sometimes it's not necessarily reward in finances. Yeah. So you have to be, have a place willing to take that risk. And there are a lot of places that, like I said, give uh, money to those sorts of things that are a lot riskier um, in the short term. You're going to have to give us some links about that so we can put it in the show notes so we can help. Yeah. Some yeah. About I'll that. email you some follow up. There's a lot. I'll, I'll give you a ton of resources too. Awesome. If you're looking to start your own business, not even in food, but you know, E for all is a huge nonprofit in the Merrimack Valley. I actually teach their insurance course. Do you really? I do. Yeah. That's I, great. I love them. Yeah. There's yeah. the Merrimack Valley strong, which is part of the planning commission. Another huge one. Uh, his name is passing me right now. Um, Nate. Nate is no Nate. longer with them. Oh, he's not. Oh. Yeah, he's with another program, which is uh, Mass Development. So he's a, one of the TDI fellows in Lowell now, which I'm working with for. It's called Tasty Acre. So it's like this one section. It's called the Acre, 
in Lowell that he's working at, on the sort of boots on the ground, getting them funding. And he's got a huge amount of money that he's been able to give them as in the form of grants to get like things like equipment upgrades and stuff like wow. that. I think it was up to like 10 or $15,000. That's so amazing. There is yeah. a lot in the, the like almost like the panel is made up of, you know, different banks that put into this fund that are, is able to sort of give this money away and develop these small niche facets of the community. How do these grants feel about uh, grassroots podcasts that are doing on shoestring <laughs> budgets? Are they willing to give 10 or 15 grand or? Is this another? I feel like, I feel like this is another plug. <laughs> hey, let me ask you, um, not everybody's fit to be a restaurant owner. Right. Uh, do you sometimes say, hey, look at, you don't have the funding um, why don't you go back to the drawing board, get a better mission statement or a better plan and then move forward? Or do you just pat them on the ass and say, okay, yep, let's go get some funding and go. I think there have been people that have come to me with an idea and that has gone to this, uh, a mentor network called score, which is basically a lot of older business owners that I've can go through it. I've tried that. Score. Have you? Okay. Yeah, no, it was actually good out of Newburyport. Yeah. Okay. Decent. There's one, uh, there's a Haverhill branch also, mm-hmm. but they have been like, you don't have a, a, a fit business plan. I can say that all day long, but they really need to hear it from somebody gotcha. that's been in it. But really, yeah, if they don't have a good business plan and some of them, you know, are better off going to like the revolving test kitchen in Lawrence, which is like a commercial kitchen space that they could just rent the space for a month, try it out but they really have to look at, you know, what will pro- their profit and loss look like? You know, how much money do they have to invest? Even if they get the money to invest, how much, uh, you know, a lot of businesses, if you look at just like they make empanadas, that would be really hard to just make them. You know, this there is an empanada restaurant in Haverhill, but that rent is expensive. It's like, what are they going to do to sell that many things to get to that spot? And it doesn't take... You know, you look at these um, low landlords, these commercial landlords, and they're going to look at what you're doing and they're going to be like, no way. Mm-hmm. Like even a year or it's usually more than a year, but they're going to say like, no, with this product, this doesn't make any sense. So there are stages before they'd, they'd make the mistake of signing the lease before somebody else would tell them no. Kind of like American Ooh. Idol when they get on there on the stage and they're right, in front of yeah, everybody and they're I like, know. whoa, somebody should have told you ahead of time that you suck. <laughs> this ain't going to work. So yeah, you can be that. are just that good judge. at doing a little bit of it, right? They're great chefs or they're great, you know, they could go into, you know, private. I know some chefs that go into like private events and stuff like that. But sometimes it doesn't make sense to bring that one thing. If you just make burritos and you're good at it, that doesn't translate into making a full on restaurant. You actually just blew my mind though about the whole uh, landlord thing. I wouldn't have thought about that pocket veto uh, just because you know what your business probably won't last more than six months. Right. That's still revenue for that landlord. Oh yeah. But, but they'll shut it down looking for a quote unquote better tenant. Hundred percent. Wow. Yeah, you would probably. And I've never had to deal with a commercial landlord. Uh, maybe one time, but they would definitely look at what your profit and loss statements like, and if you don't have one, you know, what's your, how much equity do you have in anything to put up for that? They might be, they might be fixing the space up to have this business come in. That's a huge investment right there. They want a long-term lease and then they look at you and go, right. Yeah. And and with a place like two Harbor place, you know, downtown, Mm -hmm. it's like $21 a square foot. That's a lot. Wow. And they're going to be like, you know, what you got, how much money do you have? You know, we're not getting burned on, quite that much money, especially when they're massive build outs. 
Right, because they have to do, they have to rough in plumbing and do stuff like that to just to get it to suit to what you want to do with it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to well, it. Yeah. Wow. All right. Let's. We've talked about some good things on your side. Yeah. But let's call your business a non-traditional business. Sure. There's got to be some major downs that you've experienced along the way. You've had to pivot now from a you thought marketing now right. it's more strategy and community based. Right. Yeah, uh, it's more community based. Um. Talk to me about like, have you ever thought of shit? I just need to turn this off and I'm done with this and I need to go find a quote unquote real job. Yeah. Um, so I think what's hard is. All right, Ben, we're taking a quick uh, break from the interview right now. And I was just posed with this little thought I had, um, your shop over at Amesbury foreign auto. Yeah. There's one thing I noticed that separates you from most of the other people out there doing what you do is the comfort level of females. And I'm going to sound like the chauvinist right now, but I know myself, when I go into a shop, I feel intimidated. Yeah. You turn around and you tell me, hey, get two Johnson rods and I'm going to buy them because I don't know what to do. But I've noticed even like with my wife and she goes there um, more than I'd like her to be going there. But she goes in and she feels comfortable. And sure. I don't know if it's because of Ari out front or the way that uh, the folks take her out back and show her and they, they pull back the curtain. Mm-hmm. Why are you guys so different? I think that um, Ari is a big part of it. But um, we really just try and treat people like people uh, really, you know, amazing Great as concept. Is, right? Great concept. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you something. If you go to the Apple store and you look at their laptops, their iPads. Have you ever been to one? Absolutely. I just yeah. went to one for the first time a couple of weeks ago. I was blown away. They are really professional and they're really good. But one thing that you go in there, you know you're paying big bucks. Yeah. But you know the value. Um, if that was a PC store and you were paying the same prices, then you're going to actually look at the price and go, what am I paying all this money for? Right. So our biggest thing is to educate all of our customers. We don't care um, age uh, sex. We don't care, uh, religion. We don't care. We just educate our customers on the value that we're providing for their vehicles. And if we have to explain how a wheel bearing is working and why it goes bad and things, again, we don't care who you are and how much knowledge you may or may not have. We're going to find out how much knowledge you might have and then start from there. If you just know to put the key in and it goes cool, we're going to know where to start and start explaining. If you know, wheel bearing is bolted to the hub and you need this, this, and that cool. We can explain from there. Um, it really doesn't matter to us. We just we want to make it as comfortable as possible. Also educate our customers, and just go the go the full extent of trying to educate. So you're meeting people where they're at. Yeah. I, oh, I, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Uh, everybody should. Every business should be doing it that way. It's just common sense. Yeah. You know, just treat people like you want to be treated. And not only that, if my mother walked into a shop, how would I want them to treat her? Same mm-hmm. thing with my aunts and my sisters and females altogether. How would you, it's just the right thing to do. Well, it's a simple concept, but it's not easy. No, it's yeah. not. Yeah. And so, one yeah. of the things we were looking to do is we were actually looking to do another woman's seminar where um, maybe there's a, a female that was brought up in a family where the dad would show their son the brother, you know, oh, this is how you change a tire. This is how to check the oil. This is how to do all the car maintenance things. And the daughter might have just been like put to the side. Oh, yeah, you don't have to worry about this. This is a guy's thing. That's not a guy's thing. It's it's yeah. everybody thing. If you drive, you should have a little bit of knowledge on how it's running and where it, what should be happening. So we're actually thinking about having some sort of seminar soon. Again, 
uh, so for really geared towards women so that we don't have the male in there going, ah, oh, that's easy, stupid oh, stuff. I know that. Let's move on. Yeah. We don't need that. Just let's, let's start from with how do you check your oil? How do you um, wash your fluid? Stuff like that. Uh, so, John, actually, I have a question on that. If I have yeah. people in my shop on like a Saturday, uh, am I looking at more insurance problems? And I mean, I hate to bring it back to insurance and we worry about Don't some hate about sort of bringing back to insurance. I worry we about the it. bad things. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a lawyer, like, oh, God, all the bad stuff. So, if I was to do this, though, insurance, what should I think about? Yeah. So, I won't dig in specifically about your shop, but uh, most shops have things like, your regular uh, business owner's policy. You have your garage keeper's policy that has liability components there, and it's protecting your customers. Depending on how big this event goes and how many people you're going to have there, if you're giving things away, if you're serving food, if you're serving alcohol, if you're doing all those different things, then you may have to look at an event policy. A- event policy, it's, uh, you can set it up for one day, wow. or it can be set up for an hour, it can be set up for a weekend, and it covers you for that event and the liability that comes into play there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do a lot of those things for different schools, different uh, charity events, uh, car shows, um, things like that. No um, so yeah, it, I don't know, um, and we'll have to talk offline a little bit more about um, your plans and but that's the best thing is plan it beforehand. A lot of times when I have somebody organizing an, an event, it's last second. They're calling me up and saying, oh, the venue I'm at says I need this policy. Can you help me? It's tomorrow, which we can help with that. But it's better to know what you need before going into it. Because if I tell you, okay, that's ec- three times what you were expecting and you don't have the budget for it, there's trouble there. And it's better to be uh, prepared beforehand, right? Got it. Wow. So, yeah. So your business owners, your garage keepers, those things may help you out, but you may need to look at an events policy as well. All right. Yeah. So Thanks, bro. Thanks for such a great question, my Thanks, friend. Thanks, buddy. All right. All right, man. So let's jump right back into that interview because we're learning so much. Got it. Let's All right, go. Man. Let's go. Talk to me about, like, have you ever thought of, shit, I just need to turn this off and I'm done with this and I need to... Go find a quote unquote real job. Yeah. Um, so I think what's hard is you at first I had like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. This is going to be great. And I think I'm sort of my own worst enemy that I'm like, oh, I have this roadmap. And then I'm like, oh, what if this, like, what if this goes wrong? But I think I, from when I started, I, I really lost sight of, I guess the bigger picture. Uh you know, I wanted so bad just to be like an influencer. Like, I want to do this. I want to get paid to just talk about stuff. Your goal was for you individually. Right. And yeah. that was like way early on. Yeah. And it didn't make sense because it. I feel like that in particular didn't give me um, purpose, I guess. Yeah. I really focus on like why somebody does or why I do something versus the what. So like re- years and years ago, I was like, this is what I want to do. You know, this is going to be great. But, you know, I started an Instagram page and I saw the other people that were doing it as like, oh, I'm going to go here and I'm just going to talk about stuff. And it didn't feel real. Mm. And I still you know, say that to this day. I, I see all these other foodies that go and everything's a paid expedition. And it's like, what value does that bring? Mm. Like, you're just you are just a shill at that rate. <laughs> like, I don't want to be mean. But it's so frustrating. It's like a lot of these places, like, you know, these random pizza shops that have great stuff. It's like they won't get that opportunity necessarily unless they pay for it, which is really weird. 
That sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to with, with the on the in terms of the group, I wanted to you know give them a platform that anybody could sort of do anything, and if they wanted to develop it further, they could find that outlet. I could give them you know guidance. You know, you could get photographers. You could develop a media plan. You could do all these things and be better. You know, the the group is just part of it. Yeah. And then you could sort of expand beyond just uh, impacting that community. Do you? It, Sorry. No, go ahead. No, do, do you find those success, the more successful restaurants on the site are the ones that are physically going on and doing their posts and, and pumping it more? Yeah, yeah. I would say the people that have more control of their brand mm-hmm. are more successful. There are people that are marketers that are working at restaurants, but I think the most successful ones that are have a connection to the brand mm-hmm. because... I think it's hard as a company going in to manage a brand and to successfully create the voice around it, which is like really my mission. It's right. Create a, create a voice around your brand and then use that voice. So onto the greater internet or the greater, whatever it is, even in the physical space. But I think when you have a company come in and do your marketing, right, you sort of get black and white posts. You don't get the feel that there's somebody sort of behind it that has any semblance of, care so i think the ones that do the best have a person in the driver's seat of the at least the social and digital media that is the voice of it you know they're in the forums they're in the their comment sections they're messing around they're kind of cracking jokes with people yeah i think the ones that do it well are are fun and they're also engaged that you went at this as a um sorry i didn't mean to cut you off john but you went at this as with a good trying to help you yeah. want to help yourself a little bit by just doing this for a living, doing commenting and things like that. Is there any way, now that you've put this time, you've built this channel up, this Facebook place where people can come, is there any way of monetizing this? Um, would you care to do that? Is there any route as far as what do you get out of this further? Is there any way that you can help yourself with this and be a little, um, you know, just thinking about yourself and yeah. moving forward? So any I think benefit. in terms of, sorry, did you sorry okay. any benefit is really what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. I don't mean benefit as in like, oh, I need something out of this constantly. But at the same time, you put a lot of effort and time into this. Right. I imagine. Yeah, there is. And there's, um, I think like five or six of us now. I'm trying to think of how many people are moderating, at least the group in terms of the group. I think the six. Um, I think it's, it's harder than it seems to monetize the group. Um, I, we haven't done it really successfully. Sometimes I'm trying to think if there's an, an, an actual tangible example. It, it, it's hard. We couldn't, we wouldn't be able to monetize the groups in terms of restaurants. So the we, one thing is we vowed to never do and we haven't done is make a restaurant pay for a post or make a restaurant have any semblance of monetary like value for us Good for posting you. there yeah. Good for because you. it doesn't for, for the integrity of the platform. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I, if somebody gives me money to post something, I have sort of an obligation to make that go in the right direction. Right. Uh, and I don't want to have my hands on that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be, I think I'd be going the opposite direction of what sort of my mission and value was, was to make like an honest platform. Do I delete things that are like egregious in terms of what people say? A hundred percent. But there, the only way I thought about monetizing was have outside industries pay to align with whatever I'm posting. So like, Hey, like this post is brought to you by 
Nord John Bachman insurance. at Nordwood <laughs> Insurance Agency. That would be a way, right? But even with that, it comes with a challenge okay. because there, I expect to have some sort of result, right? And I don't know if I could guarantee that that particular post would do anything but give you a, a relatively large amount of community exposure. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know. Maybe it's something I look in the future, but I, I haven't talked with enough business owners to be like, hey, is there value in this? If we went or even if I went somewhere and say, hey, this post is brought to you by. Does that make sense? Some I, I would say most would probably say no. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing yeah. um, I, I could. I could do gift. I thought about doing like gift card giveaways and being like, hey, this giveaway is sponsored by this business. Have the business buy the gift card and pay X amount of dollars. But it's like, how do I use that to something that would actually have a benefit? Could you do the actual gift cards of if they're a member restaurant that can be used at the member restaurant and yeah. some behind the scenes? Yeah, I I thought about like stepping in. And again, I don't want to have this much like hand in the restaurant industry was creating like a card, uh, some sort of. You know, you know, Phantom Gourmet has their own card that's yeah. used at X restaurants, but I want nothing to do with payment systems uh, at, at all. And it's just a, it's a technical thing. I understand the logistics of it. I understand the tech behind it and I want no part of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather own no tech in my whole life. It's <laughs> just not. But yeah, I just don't want to get into it that much. Says so a guy with 60,000 followers on a tech site. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sort of bound. My hands are tied. I'm in the, I'm in the metaverse now. But it's like, where, what's the line, right? Because then I become more than just, you know, a guy trying to help. I, you know, have some control into um, what the, sort of these restaurants are doing at that rate. I just don't know if that's a hurdle I'm willing to cross. And at that rate, I don't think it would be fair to just make money for me. You know, Alyssa, uh, my wife at the time, I mentioned her, we co-founded it. So it'd be like our thing, but then there's other moderators involved. And like what at that rate, if I'm making that money, I don't think it would be fair to just capitalize on it myself. And then it would sort of trickle down to them. And I don't know what that would look like. And is it kind of like you'd be looking at more expensive restaurants who can pay more. Right. And now all of a sudden mm-hmm. a little mom and pop shop start falling off because eh, I'm not making as much money from them. I can... Does that matter now? Is that affect all of that? Yeah, it would affect. I think it would greatly affect my content and what I post genuinely. Mm-hmm. Like, in, like I said, some places have comped and give me a gift card, and I've said it just because that's what I how I want to do. But that happens so infrequently, mm-hmm. um, unless a place is like inviting me to mm-hmm. try it. Yeah, but that's really about it. And I think the authenticity is why it's so successful and why there's so many followers. People, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Um, I, it did trouble when I first met you in person. Yeah. We were chatting a, a lot about it. And you mentioned it earlier a little bit of, okay, they burnt my pizza. So I go from the restaurant to my keyboard. I'm pissed off about my burnt pizza. Well, did you ask them to fix it? Which most of these owners will say, yeah, I, let me do a free one for you right now. Let me, sorry about that. Let me get it for you. They never did that. Right. Yeah, they I haven't taken the first that. step to help themselves. I hate that part of it. And normally you see you following up after and you ask that question in the post of, well, did you even talk to anybody about it? Right. And then they get mad at me. They're like, oh, they don't have to. And I'm yeah. like, not that I'm, I'm a little mocking them. But <laughs> it's like that is the first step, right? And it's I'll, I'll equate this to raising my children, right? My 13-year-old says, I'm having this issue at school. And I'm like, well, what did you do? And he's like, nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, well. 
before Big Brother comes in, me, and just makes a scene <laughs> or, yeah. or emails everybody I can or uses the influence card, which unfortunately he knows I have, and goes in and tries to deal with it. It's like, hey, did you talk to administrators? Did you talk to the guidance counselor? Did you talk to somebody else? So, uh, But I think some people get a little nervous about it. Like, I, I don't really expect everybody to go, hey, my food was over undercooked. Like confrontation. I, right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I would say it now because I'm more comfortable. But, you know, I would go and I'd probably message the page. They'd be like, hey, sorry. Um, <laughs> be like, hey, I felt like this was really undercooked. You know, I don't have any expectation. I don't want anything free. But I just want to let you know. Yeah. In most places are like, I'm so sorry. Here, coming back and get another one. That's I'm great. worried about that. Yeah. That other one. It's you send it back. You send anything back. And oh, it's, oh yeah, that's boy. a little nerve wracking. Well, it is, but and I'm one. Here I am. I going don't send to it back. Give some. I never do. No. Like, it it could still be frozen on in the inside. How is it? It's terrific. Yeah. Terrific. Great. Terrific. Terrific. And, terrific. Then, and then you you head out the door and you never come yeah. back. And, right. and I'm now, not, hopefully you don't do any. Yeah. The keyboard thing and yeah. That, you know, you I, mm, yeah. That's 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 me. I, I'm just a crazy guy on that side of yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. But most of these the, the chefs the owners. They probably won't they know, know, and they can't get better unless they get that Absolutely. feedback. Right, too. and that's where the constructive criticism part comes in. Yeah. It is interesting. In terms of the group, I've had a conversation with a restaurant owner, and he's like, you know, no matter whether it's a good or bad post about my restaurant, he's like, I see about the same boost in sales the next day. He's like, because either the people that have come out supporting me because of the bad review come no in, kidding. or new people because of a good review. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, because, you know, there are unreasonable people out there that'll be like, wow, you had a bad experience. I'm not going to go. Mm-hmm. Good riddance. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would rather never have that person come into my door because mm-hmm. they're going to be unreasonable. Would probably never be a good customer anyways. Right. And then there's the people that are like, oh, they had a bad review. I'm coming out to support it. So it is an interesting balance that I've sort of gotten to. And it goes back to that whole uh, saying of there's no bad press. Right. None. Apparently exactly. there isn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you see like in comment sections, like, you know, I allow pages in there because I like the page to be able to comment as an entity and they'll be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And you'll look at the likes and people will be like loving it, heart reacting it. And it's like people love to see the back and forth. And if you pull it out in the open like that, I think it's pretty cool because you can take an unreasonable person and make them happy ish. You know, sometimes you can't do everything for somebody because sometimes it, I will say being experience based at a restaurant if you're at a first date and that goes poorly, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Like you'll never fix that, but you can at least be like, Hey, I'm so sorry. Like we're human. Give them your name and your info. You can at least make them feel a little better. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree with some people like you can't ever fix an actual bad experience, especially yeah. when it has impact like personally like that. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a lot to it and that's the trouble. With restaurants in particular, they're subjective into what people like. You have the human error of just being under overdone. You have the experience of the wait staff. So it's like there are so many layers these restaurants are trying to control down to perfection that one person being in a, a little off can throw the whole thing off by complete accident. 
who the hell would want to open a restaurant? Right. Yeah. Rising food costs. You can't hire staff. Yeah. And it's crazy. Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So God love you all, all you restaurateurs out yeah, there. I love you. Please. Oh my gosh. Please don't close. Yeah. Jerry, Especially let me ask you a question. Ones. So if I was a newbie here, you've yeah. been through this process of starting a Facebook page mm-hmm. and I was like, Hey, First of all, you're going to start thinking about any other industries and starting a Facebook page. But second of all, if you were going to start a Facebook page, what are some of the steps and what are some of the things to think about uh, to give content to listeners that might not be in the restaurant uh, industry, but in other industries like automotive? Right. Just wondering. Are we using you as an example? Asking for a friend? friend. That's my go-to. We we mentioned we are using this a lot for ourselves. Right. To learn, right? (laughs) How do I start a Facebook page? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not, I'll say this, it is not easy to manage some of the tools that Facebook gives you. Although it is free, it's tough because you make a page, then what do you do? You know, you have to edit all the info, you have to find the places, all these little things exist, you have to find content. And I think getting it started is one thing, consistently posting content is another. Um, what I've had good luck with is write down every day. You want you pretty much have to post every day to like to reach the maximum amount of people because Facebook and Instagram have like a system. Mm-hmm. And until you get in a rhythm, like you won't reach even nearly your followers. You do have to do some advertising so you can you advertise and really hyper target that. But even so, you have to set up the page, set up an Instagram that's bound to it in like the business manager so that in business manager, you can post to both at the same time, Mm -hmm. Um, which I'll show you after Uh, we don't I can't have a physical example here, but you can uh, you can post them uh, at the same time. Instagram and Facebook also warrant different posts. Instagram is extremely visual just by nature of the feed. They don't need the long drawn out um, like text that Facebook likes. It's like I, if I post on Facebook a sonnet, I could write a memoir. <laughs> People will read the whole thing. And, you know, some don't. But in Instagram, if I posted that, it's a character limit. Mm-hmm. I forget what it is. But they're different. Very f- poppy visual on Instagram. You can still you still need to be visual on Facebook, but it's really the narrative that you need to pitch more. And with Instagram, there's reels. I noticed on Facebook, reels don't do as well, mm-hmm. but on Instagram, they kill it. So it's like, and then you have to have software to edit that video. Whole nother ball game. But you know, you start the Facebook page free. You put in all your information. You know things like uh, phone number, address. You could set your hours right on there. Um, you have a header, which is like your cover photo, and then your you can put your logo or something in the actual like profile photo. Fundamentally, it's also very different than a profile. I think what a lot of businesses get into, I won't name names, but there are a few that have um, like person profiles like, as a person instead of a business. And that limits you a lot. In outreach, you don't get any analytics. You don't know who from where. You don't get the advertising benefits. And you have a 5,000 friend limit. And you have to have friends. Like you have to add friend. And it doesn't make sense. Where their page has no no limit, quote unquote. There's a limit, I'm sure, somewhere out there in the metaverse. But it hasn't been hit. Well, let's get hyper-technical on that side. Sure, yeah. For a smallish company, you don't have the analytics. You don't have a lot of that. You have the limits. But the reach is so much better on an individual page right now than a business page. Right. They throttle it back it because be. of their ads. Right. So it takes off that cap 
of like limitation. So if you post something publicly as a person, you can in theory reach more people because with a business, you can't message a user unless they message you first. And with a person, you can. So you can get into sort of the inner workings of it a little bit better as an individual, but it doesn't make sense because then you're advertised. If they find out, they'll ban you. Hmm. Um, but most of the time, I see I see there's a couple businesses in Haverhill that do it, but I'm not going to say anything. But it's like, yeah, technically it is against Facebook's terms of use. You named names. I didn't. I didn't. Did I? <laughs> no. so I'm you pretty did good not. at not name dropping, you know? <laughs> I don't want this to be in writing anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this: uh, Facebook is that the is that the future, or is it TikTok now? And and is Facebook going to be fading out? I mean, we're all getting older. It's an older group that right. has this Facebook. What do you think? So as of right now, I think there's 2.5 billion active users on Facebook. That's a lot. That is almost half of the entire world's population. <laughs> I would say it is unlikely that Facebook will go away. Um, they definitely have a crisis of identity right now because right. There's an aging out population. You know, my analytics on Instagram are 18 to 36, um, are my followers. And on Facebook, it's 35 to 64. So primarily, so it's like, there's a huge difference. And again, you have a a generation that wants to read the articles, right. Versus Instagram that doesn't. Mm -hmm. So I think, that maybe Facebook will have to change how it behaves. Mm-hmm. I think groups was a huge push though, because I'd noticed that there was a change in how they operated groups and a radical change in how they how they actually work. So before in Merrimack Valley Eats in particular, you had to join it as a member. Now anybody on or off the group can see it, like it, and comment. They don't have to be a member per se. It does put it in you a queue. So I have to like accept it, but anybody can be a part of it and it pushes it into people's feeds without my intervention. Cause before it was like really boots on the ground with like Alyssa was doing a lot and I was doing a lot of like outreach, but now it's just a part of it. Cause I think they are now focusing a lot more on community because I think they're, you know, they're losing ad revenue and now by building communities and sort of propping them up, I've been on roundtables with Facebook and meta staff that because of these like admin, you know, facets that I'm in these admin, almost an admin group, like power admins that they actually want feedback on how to build community. Well, they want people to stick around on their platform. Yeah. I mean, they probably likely they couldn't care less, but they want the money. I mean, exactly. And if, and if it's, and if it's, they're losing it because of that, you know, there's no other platform like that, that has communities. TikTok is very individual. Instagram is very individual. There's no, um, you know, the forums have sort of faded out You know, I still crawl around for my Audi forums on the internet, but like realistically, Facebook can do any of that, um, it has the power to do any of that in groups and it's the same thing. I follow a ton of them, but and it's all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need to sign up for another portal. Everybody already has Facebook. You know, you can just log right in and be done. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good points. I don't think it's going away. I think, you know, the. TikTok is, I'll say it's like tumultuous because they had, they've taken a ton of ad revenue from Facebook um, and Google and whoever else. But I think you see a lot of creators that blow up fast. There's also a ton of bots and there's everything's going around. Everything's going through sort of, at least in the U S of like banning it every other day or like trying to ban it. And it's like, 
whatever, but it's it's huge right now, especially with young people. And that's really the next target market Absolutely. is young people. Yeah. It's like cuz they start to age into, you know, making whatever purchases. But it, again, TikTok's a whole different beast too cuz uh, Alpine Butcher in Lowell, I've never been there, but I follow them on social media and it's incredible the amount of followers they have, hundreds of thousands. I'm just like cutting meat and doing stuff you'd like never thought. But it's cool. It's fun. It's like, oh, they're going through this. But that's what TikTok wants. Yes. Right? Not Facebook wouldn't, that content wouldn't do well on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you have to change it sort of per platform. And, you know, as the classic Zuckerberg thing is to just like sort of take everybody else's ideas, that's where Reels comes into exactly. play. Mm-hmm. It's like now Reels are kind of similar to TikTok with like half the outreach. Because I, I joke about this, but I posted the other day on Instagram. I reached, I have like 6,000 followers on Instagram. I reached 298. And I'm like, wow. I was like, throttled back. I was like, did I do something? Did I say something wrong? <laughs> but it's like, I'll never get 100% of those followers, even though I've like earned it. Right? Because yeah. like they followed me for my content. It's like, and I'm, I'll never get that. So, whereas TikTok, it goes way beyond your followers. I've seen people with millions of views and millions of likes mm-hmm. that only have 50, 60,000 followers. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like TikTok is making massive hand over fist money with their advertisers. Well, and your boy, Ben, mm-hmm. uh, Gary V, he mm-hmm. talks about it all. the reach right now. If you're looking purely for reach, TikTok. TikTok said, yeah, 100%. Tick, TikTok mm-hmm. is where it's at. Yep. Yeah. Um, Jerry, I want to be mindful. So sure. not completely wrap up, but go into a few things. Yeah, yeah. What is the vision for Five Point and Merrimack Valley Eats going forward next two to five years? Yeah, I think with Merrimack Valley Eats, I want to find more community members that have feel like they want to have an impact, make them more of like group experts and almost give them a title and make them like pillars in their own community. I would like to not to be just at the hands of sort of moderators, but I'd like to find other people from like Lowell and Amesbury that like are part of the restaurant community or part of the whatever community that want to sort of speak to it. Not necessarily like as a representative, but just like a member of that community. Mm-hmm. But I would like to find them and it, Facebook's changing the way they have um, group experts. I can actually, I'll be able to give people titles. I hope soon. So it'll be like, cool, it'll be like, you know, Amesbury expert or, you know, Lawrence expert. Just find people that I can elevate more. Um, I'd like to get into having a website, putting some of the content in a different place because I'm sort of at the mercy of Facebook and Meta primarily. Mm. So I would like to have it um, a content sphere that lived online that almost like didn't bring like a Google style rating system, but almost brought like landing pages and like a directory so that I could either feed the content through there or our own content. If I maybe find those people from the communities and have them write or pay them to write, you know, articles about particular places and then allow people to also post their own pictures in it. I love that idea. Yeah. That's a, it's a challenge logistically, digitally, uh, as good as I am with networking and technology, I am not good at web design. (laughs) It is a lot different. It's the same thing with marketing. There's 58,000 different paths. Uh, and even if you know one really well, you don't know them all. We'll talk offline a little bit. I might have some people to sure. connect you with. This yeah. is what I love. <laughs> um, legacy. 
Sure. When your three boys are looking back and they're telling their children, what did dad do with his life? Right. What's a legacy you want to leave? Yeah. Wow. That's a really good question. So I think I'm happy with where I'm at. I, I think I was hoping I'd be a lot further, but looking around, I'm actually like have sort of propelled myself into the spotlight. And I just love that they love doing these things. You know, they could do anything, you know, you know, I'd be happy. But now, you know, my middle son wants to hold the light and he wants to, I've let him take the photo a couple of times and he likes it. You know, my oldest groans every time we go somewhere and somebody's like, oh, Jerry, oh, hey. And I have no idea who they are. It's my first time meeting them, but it's constant. His teachers know who I am, quite a bit of them. Yeah. And it's hard in Haverhill to get away from it. But that's, that's it. You know, I want them to want to be a part of whatever community that they're in. So I think that's enough. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a a pretty damn good legacy. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. What's the best way to get a hold of you, Jerry? Uh, You can find me. Merrimack Valley Eats is the easiest way. You can find me posting there pretty much every day. But I have uh, Hungry Beyond Boston is my Instagram. And soon I'll have a Facebook page. Incidentally enough, I broke my like a public figure page. Uh, and it made me an editor of it instead of an admin. And so I can't publish it anymore. So there are mistakes in the digital world and sometimes you just can't fix them. <laughs> well, we, we could talk offline about this too, but sure. we had a social media company that was working for us at the agency. Um, that's another story for another day, but they also lost our Google My Business page. And Oof. we reached out to Google and Google was like, we don't know what the hell they did. So we had to start from scratch. That's tough. Like... Can Ooh, you believe yeah. that? Yeah. Mm. What happened with me was I had it under my business manager in Five Point Media, and then I released it because I didn't want my personal public figure page to be associated with it. And somehow I became not an admin, but an editor, which is like a step down. And I can't edit my own position. There's no admin anywhere. There's no admin on it. Nope. <laughs> hmm. It's just me as an editor. And I ha- there is no easy way to contact Facebook. Wow. So, yeah, there is no easy way with Meta. Right, yeah. Not even close. The Metasphere. Um, one last question. I know I'm kind of going out of turn here before we wrap up, um, but are there any influencers that influenced your life or coaches, mentors? I will say influencers. I like Simon Sinek or Sinek. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Is it Sinek? You mentioned it earlier when you were talking why versus what. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, his books, I've read all of them. I watch most of his TED Talks. I follow him on social media. I watch every little YouTube snippet I can. But I think he has really focused on why somebody does something versus what they do. And obviously what you do is important. You need to be good at that part. But everybody has a what. But I think digging a little deeper and finding out why somebody does something is more important. I think that has been why the group's been so successful, in my opinion, is because we have a a why. You know, why do we do what we do? And I think personally, as a member of the community, I really focused on why. And it's been hard. Sometimes it's harder to balance why you do something with, with, you know, monetary gain. Everybody needs to make money. But I think there's an interesting balance between, you know, philanthropic endeavors and actually making money in a career. But I, I really focus on the why. Yeah. I don't think we could leave it any better than that. No, that was think? great. 
Jerry, thanks so much for coming. Yeah, on. I really yeah. appreciate. I it. love doing this, so I really yeah. appreciate being here. Oh my God, it's, you're it's, good at it. Let me ask you one last question. Sure, yeah. Go is ahead. there a podcast in your future? Yeah, there is. So um, I have a brand called The Valley Dish, and it's got like five or six thousand likes on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years ago, I wanted to make it into a publication, um, and I realized again I was not good at publications. I'm good at digital, and I leaned on that. But I really wanted to go beyond the plate and have people on that had, you know, whether it was a banker, a realtor that gave some insight into commercial lending for spaces and and things like, you know, maybe it wasn't maybe it was a butcher or maybe it was, you know, a broadline distributor like shout out to Shaheen over here in Amesbury. But like somebody that, you know, could give people more insight and go like beyond that plate and really what it took to get um, to get to fruition what that that plate came how that came to be so the valley dish yeah i love it the valley dish the valley dish wish you luck wish you luck yeah thank you so much all right so with that you mentioned starting with why so we're going to end with why sure the whole reason we're doing this is to help out those business owners so don't hesitate to reach out jerry i'm sure he'll love to field your questions and point you in the right direction But other than that, Ben, I say we wrap this up and we'll see him on the next one. All right, John. All right, guys. This has been another episode of Voices from the Valley. If you'd like to be a guest or know someone that would be a great guest, send us an email at voicesfromthevalleyshow at gmail.com. Want to learn more about Ben Talberg and Amesbury Foreign Auto? Head over to AmesburyForeignAuto.com or call 978-388-5959. Want to learn more about John Bachman and Norwood Insurance Agency? Head over to NorwoodInsurance.com or call 978-372-5921. Thanks for tuning in to Voices from the Valley. 